Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chill Pod, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. I am your hostess. My name is Haley. I'm back. Took a little break for Christmas. I hope you guys had a lovely holiday season, and welcome to 2024. Hopefully, it's going to be a good year for all of us. Um, Let's go ahead and just catch up on some news around hockey. Since I was gone last week, there's handful of things we need to talk about. Um, Starting with the Ottawa Senators, they fired their head coach DJ Smith and their assistant coach Davis Payne. So they are clearly looking for a refresh and a reset. And they kind of preached, quote, stability. Um, And I hope that that works out well for them. I hope they find that consistency and stability that they're looking for in new coaching staff. And yeah, just wishing them the best. Um, It was reported that Nolan Patrick retired from play due to concussions and would be working as a skills specialist, video coach, and mentor, which he is, but um, somebody's getting fired uh, because he has not retired, Um, but rather he was hired by the Power Play, which is an up-and-coming hockey coaching and mentorship business. Um, They mistakenly announced him as a, quote, retired pro, um, but they quickly rescinded that statement after everybody was freaking out about Noel Pat retiring. Um, He's pretty young. I think he's only 25 or so. So it was really, really sad to see that he was supposedly already retiring because of his injuries, but that was a complete mistake and... Whoever wrote that, mm, I don't think they're going to be working for the power play anymore because, wow, like that's really bad. I don't know how you make a mistake that bad, Um, but yeah, he's still playing, so that's good. (laughs) Um, Okay, for the first time in history, we had a double Michigan night, which was so exciting. Um, Connor Bedard and Trevor Zegers two of the big young guns in this league, nobody's surprised, both scored a lacrosse-style goal, and this made Zegers the league leader in goals of that type. And what's crazy is he also was able to do this after talking about it in the pregame interview. Um, He was talking with Allie, who is, um, she does all of the interviews for um, the Ducks and She said, you know, for Christmas, I would love if you could give me a Michigan or a uh, lacrosse style goal. And he said, you know what? I'll try my best. And he did it, which was absolutely insane. And also I was there. Wow. What a thing to see in person. I was absolutely shocked. And it was just like this emotional whiplash because I was screaming about this goal and then Dixie D'Amelio shows up on the Jumbotron and so I'm freaking out about that too which is a whole thing that I'm not going to get into like if you know you know um she was quickly taken off the Jumbotron because I think somebody made a mistake there but um anyway absolutely insane Honda Center exploded at this goal And I'm sure the same thing happened at um, Bedard's goal as well. So cool that we had two Michigans on one night. And yeah, I mean, that just shows you that 
the future of this league is so bright and there's so much talent in the young guys. And yeah, I love a good flashy goal. I know people get so upset because they're like, oh, Zegers only scores flashy goals. He's only good at, at stuff like that. And everyone thinks he's so great. But like, I love a good flashy goal. If you do a, like a between the legs goal or a Michigan or a rainbow or whatever, I, I eat that up. Like, I love it so much. So very exciting night. And the first time it happened in league history. Speaking of the Ducks, Mason McTavish reached the record of 70 career points before the age of 21, setting a franchise record. And I think that is just absolutely fantastic. He is such a talented player. Um, Defenseman Ethan Bear signed with the Capitals, and I'm very excited about it. We need stronger defense for sure, so I hope he's able to find his pairing and just really click and work out well. And I love having some more First Nations representation on the team. Um, he joins TJ Oshie as a member of a First Nations community. And also, I think Ethan Bear is just a really cool name. And I kind of want a Caps jersey that says Bear on it. So he's with us for at least two years. So yeah, hoping for the best. I'm really, really excited about it. Couple pieces of Christmas news. Swainta Claus made a return this year. Uh, Jeremy Swayman dressed up for Linus Olmark's kids and came as Santa Claus to their house, just like he did last year. Um, and Max Jones also became Santa Claus for a handful of Ducks kids. And it's just so cute. Like, it's so cute to see these guys all dressed up and just in character doing the most. And then the kids getting so excited about it. <laughs> it's just precious. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and then Mika Zibanejad has not one, but two ornaments of himself and Chris Kreider hanging on his tree, um, which I think is just iconic. And his wife shared both pictures of the ornaments and said that she, quote, found my husband's boyfriend in our tree. <laughs> so I love that she has a good sense of humor about it. And it's kind of giving the same energy as the Ovechkin Backstrom commercial where Backstrom is eating cereal in Ovi's house. And Nastia's like, does he have to be here every morning? It's like if somebody makes it on your Christmas tree, they must be pretty important to you. <laughs> And I just think that's so cute and so bromantic. It's just absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, next, the World Juniors are ongoing. And to no one's surprise, teams USA and Canada are absolutely destroying. Um, both teams have had double-digit wins, with Canada shutting out Latvia 10 to nothing. And the USA has had two double-digit wins, besting Switzerland 11-3 and Slovakia 10-2. Absolutely fantastic. Um, there are both Ducks and Caps prospects on these teams, and it's really exciting to see um, some young guys doing incredible things. Um, I was just writing about, earlier writing about some Caps prospects and two prospects, um, Ryan Chesley and Ryan Leonard are both on Team USA. Both have scored in the World Juniors, and um, Ryan Leonard has scored in two games in the World Juniors so far. So 
super exciting for the future of the Caps. And I know it's exciting for everyone to see your young players out there doing amazing things and just clicking on the ice. And yeah, I, I think the World Juniors is a lot of fun. And I wish it was easier to watch. The games are just at weird times because of the time difference with it being in Switzerland. Um, so I haven't been able to catch many games because they're kind of earlier in the morning during my work hours, but it's still so cool to keep up and, and see these in- incredibly impressive scores, like 11 to three. It's just insane. Um, the quarterfinals will be Slovakia versus Finland, Canada versus Czechia, USA versus Latvia, and Sweden versus Switzerland. And all of the games will be on NHL Network in the U.S. and TSN in Canada. So those will be ongoing for the next couple of weeks because there are quarterfinals, semifinals, a bronze medal game, and a gold medal game. Um, So lots of hockey to be watched. And I hope I can catch more games. Hopefully they'll be at some different times. But we'll see. I'll definitely keep up with those and keep you guys updated. Um, unfortunately, I am recording this on December 31st before the season starts, so I don't have any reactions or thoughts yet, but the PWHL season began January 1st, which is weird to say because it's not January 1st yet when I'm recording, but it will be when this comes out. So <laughs> anyway, um, I'm excited to watch tomorrow. All games will be streamed on YouTube, which is huge, huge, huge in making this sport accessible to everyone. Um, There's no paywalls, there's no cable needed, and it's easy to watch. So there are no excuses. You don't even need an account to watch YouTube. Literally all you need is the YouTube app or an internet browser, and they'll all be on the PWHL's um, YouTube channel. So I think that's such a fantastic thing to do in this league's inaugural season. Um, because then you're able to judge viewership and I'm sure it's a lot cheaper than trying to get on a proper network or streaming service. Um, and it also just makes it more likely for people to watch because it's so easy to find and you can watch it from anywhere and it doesn't have to be on a TV. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your laptop. And yeah, I'm just, I was so happy to find that out. And I'm going to get to watch the games, which I'm so stoked about. Um, The New York PWHL team put out a picture of their goalie gear. And oh, oh man, it is so nice. It's that beautiful seafoam green color and the um, leg pads, shin guards. I don't play hockey. I don't know what they're called. The things that go on their legs have the Statue of Liberty's face on them, kind of split across the two pads. Oh, they are so sick, so beautiful. I'm so excited. Like you guys, I'm genuinely so stoked about this league. And I'm excited to give you guys some of my thoughts next week after their first week of play. And I'm interested to see who's commentating and doing interviews and... Yeah, I think it'll be just a lot of fun to watch this league grow and hopefully it truly does change the game for women in sports and for women's hockey specifically. And final piece of news, the Winter Classic will also take place on January 1st. 
So we'll chat about that next week. Um, but I am excited to see the entrance fits because those are always fun to see with these outdoor games. And usually they kind of pay homage to the city or the team's history. You know, there's just always something fun and unique. And I was watching a reel by Annie O.D. She was kind of giving some guesses and predictions on what they could possibly do. And she was talking about the Kraken doing Pirates of the Caribbean or um, with Seattle having so much going on with fishing and Starbucks and grunge. And there was just all kinds of things, all kinds of cool ideas that she had. So I'm really interested to see what they go for and what each of the teams kind of decide as their theme because they're always kind of fun. Um, and then it's always fun to watch an outdoor game. And I'm sure um, the fans of these teams are really excited with them being the two newer teams in the league and getting to play in the winter classic like this. I think that's a really cool move by the NHL and I'm interested to see them play each other um, because obviously Vegas is the defending Stanley cup champs. So they're a good team. And then Seattle's just so physical and so aggressive. Um, So I'll be interested to see kind of the dynamic that they have on the ice and especially in a special game like this. So I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, However, I do think it's kind of sucky that both the PWHL and the Winter Classic take place on the same day because the PWHL games will more than likely be overshadowed. Um, I do wish the NHL would work with that league more because I think the impact that that could have would be absolutely huge um, if they could work on doing some scheduling together, scheduling at times where there's not a big, exciting, showy game like the Winter Classic. Um, You know, I just, I think that maybe if during intermissions at the Winter Classic, if they did some PWHL showcase type stuff, some three-on-three or some skills showcases or something... I just, I think there could have been a lot more collaboration and I think it would have made a big impact. So I'll be interested. Hopefully the numbers will come out for the PWHL's inaugural game viewership because I am curious if the Winter Classic and it being New Year's Day will kind of affect the viewership. But yeah, that'll be, we'll talk about that next week. Lots to talk about next week already. <laughs> okay. So with it being a new year, 2024, I thought it would be fun to kind of come up with some new year's goals or resolutions for each team in the NHL. And so what I'm going to do is I am going to go through each team in alphabetical order and give a quick little goal or resolution that I think they should adopt and then maybe give a little bit of reasoning as to why. Now, I will preface this by saying I don't know everything about every team in the league. Obviously, it's nearly impossible to keep up with 32 teams. So some of these resolutions are a little silly. And also some of them I have um, taken from other friends and fans. Huge shout out to my friend Nadim. He helped me a lot with um, coming up with these resolutions. Natalia helped me. My friend Will helped me. So thank you guys. You guys are the real MVPs. 
Um, so yeah, if you agree with me, great. If you disagree with me, DM me. Let me know why. I would love to hear what your resolutions for your teams are. Or if I said something and you're like, mm, I don't really know about that one, DM me because I love talking to you guys. And speaking of, while I have you talking about DMs and interactions, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on whatever app you're listening to and leave a rating and a review so that more people can see what the chell. I usually say that at the end, but I figured if I say it in the middle, maybe more people will do it and follow me everywhere at what the chell pod. Okay, let's jump into our New Year's resolutions, starting with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, their New Year's goal should be to get and keep a lead. Now listen, I'm all for the comeback quacks, okay? It's very impressive when we're down, I don't know, down by three goals or something, and we're able to come back and go to overtime or win it in overtime or, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's really nerve-wracking, and I think we just need to come out of the gate fired up and ready to go and just start scoring early. I don't know if you know this, Ducks, but you don't have to wait till the third period to score. You are allowed to score in the first and second periods. Um, And yeah, we just need to work on getting that lead early and hanging on to it. Um, And also need to work on defending home ice. Um, We're losing a lot at home, which is disappointing. And just we need to get that excitement of, I guess it was October, November, where we were just winning, 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 winning. Need to get that back. So lots to be done in 2024. The Arizona Coyotes this year need to get a playoff spot. Um, They have been playing very well, very impressively this season. And I think it's their year to finally make it to the playoffs. So just continue that really phenomenal play that they've had. And yeah, let's do it. Let's see the Yotes in playoffs. The Boston Bruins need to diversify their stats a little bit. Um, David Pasternak, to no one's surprise, leads in points, goals, and assists. So it would be great to see some of those other guys kind of start to play on his level and catch up and not have it be all pasta all the time. (laughs) The Buffalo Sabres should work on getting three or more wins in a row. Um, They need to become kind of a streaky team. I think that would be a lot of fun to see, and I think that would work out really, really well for them. The Calgary Flames, from a Flames fan, um, they need to accept the inevitable rebuild and uh, get rid of Jonathan Huberdeau as a part of that. Um, It's really time for them to just purge some of their older players, their players that aren't producing nearly as well, um, and just start bringing up some young guys, some new guys from other teams. Um, Yeah, Jonathan Huberdeau just is not it for them anymore. And maybe that'll be a case of send him somewhere else and he thrives. Maybe he just needs a new environment. Um, But yeah, he needs to go and they just need to kind of rebuild from the ground up. The Carolina Hurricanes need to get and keep healthy goaltenders that produce wins. 
Um, it's one of the biggest places that they struggle right now is goaltending, especially with Freddie Anderson being on IR. Um, yeah, they just, they need some help in that department. So that's what I think they should do in 2024. Maybe at the trade deadline, they work on some goalies. Chicago Blackhawks, uh, my resolution here is specifically just for Connor Bedard. Get out of there. <laughs> that kid needs to go. He deserves better. Um, I don't know how he would do it, but yeah. For the Blackhawks in general, they just, they, the organization just needs to get itself together. Like, that's all I can really say about them. Colorado Avalanche needs to get Landeskog healthy and back in action. He's supposed to be back around April, which won't do much for him as far as playtime goes, unless the Avalanche do make a playoff run, which hopefully they will. Um, and yeah, I'd love to see him back on the ice as soon as possible, get out there skating in practice and then start playing again. And hopefully they do make a little bit of a playoff run so that he can have some more games under his belt before the off season. Columbus Blue Jackets need to get Johnny Honky producing. Um, seven goals in 38 games is abysmal for a man who literally calls himself Johnny Honky. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. I feel like a handful of the players that at the beginning of the season were not doing very well, and that was surprising for them. I feel like a handful of them have gotten it back together, but... Goudreau is not one of them. Um, I don't know what he needs to do or what needs to happen with the team dynamic, but something needs to change there. The Dallas Stars need to keep goaltending hot. Um, their goalies are one of the reasons that they continue to win games. Um, Otter has a has 2.93 goals against average, and Wedgwood has a .902 save percentage which is really impressive and really incredible. And their goalies are just such an asset to that team. So just keep that going. And I think they'll continue to win. The Detroit Red Wings um, should work on jumping in the standings. They are only four points away from being in the league's top three. So if they can just continue to produce some wins here in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, they could definitely be a top contender for playoffs this season. I think that would be really cool to see. And yeah, just keep keep winning. Just win, 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 win as much as you can. The Edmonton Oilers need to keep McDavid happy um, because I feel like there was a time where he was really not happy. And that was mostly because he wasn't performing like he was used to. And he's doing better now. Um, so they just need to keep that up. They need to continue to work on that whole team dynamic and not just focusing on McDavid and Dreisaitl and just get that man on a cup run. Like he, he deserves it. He needs it. I think that would do wonders for his ego. <laughs> um, the Florida Panthers should work on avenging their cup loss and make a deep run and, maybe even win this year. Um, that's that's all there is to it. I mean, just do it again. The LA Kings should give Jordan Spence more playtime. He's a good asset on defense, and 
He has 12 assists so far this season. He just needs more time to develop. He's a young guy and um, he just, he needs more time, more time on ice. And I think he could become a very, very valuable player on the Kings. The Minnesota Wild um, should learn to kill a penalty. They are ranked 30th in the PK across the league, which is pretty bad. So I think that should be their biggest uh, resolution for 2024 is just killing more penalties. The Montreal Canadiens need to produce more offense. Their top goal scorer, Nick Suzuki, only has 10 goals on the season, which is not great. Um, I think the two after that, had nine goals on the season, so they just really need to score more. That's the biggest thing that they need right now. The Nashville Predators need to bubble wrap Philip Forsberg. <laughs> um, keep him healthy. That's all there is to that. The New Jersey Devils need to find a good goalie. There is no secret that that is the Devils' biggest, biggest struggle. The Devils are a really good team. Pretty much everywhere else, uh, but they really, really struggle in goaltending recently. So just finding at least one starting goaltender that works really well for them and really clicks or completely replacing the goalie tandem and starting fresh and hoping that things work out a little better than they have been. The New York Islanders, from Natalia, of course, um, need to actually make some moves at the trade deadline. Um, they kind of need a team refresh. They've been playing with the same guys, the same core for what seems like ages. Um, and so I don't think it would be a bad idea to do away with some of the ones that are producing pretty poorly and bring in some new guys, bring in some fresh dynamics. They did that with Bo Horvat last season and it worked out really well. Um, and now that uh, Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell are playing together again, um, they're both back, they're healthy, they're looking really, really good. So I think they just need to continue to just refresh, reset, bring in some new play. The Ottawa Senators, um, another goaltending resolution, need to give Forsberg more of a chance in goal. Um, he is 6-6 six and six in his 12 starts, um, but Corpusalo is 7-12. and 12 which is not good. So I honestly wonder if giving Forsberg more of a chance, even though his record isn't great, if that would be better for Corpusalo to be more rested and get some more time off, more time to practice, and then giving Forsberg more time in game to maybe improve his stats there. Um, yeah, they're just also kind of struggling with goaltending. The Philadelphia Flyers should get Travis Konechny to 50 goals, which is insanely ambitious, but why not? I mean, he seems to be one of the really, really good players on that team. Maybe one of the only good players on that team. So let's make him really good. Like, why not? Just shoot for the moon, you know? <laughs> uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins need to bring down the average team age by about two years or so. Um, <laughs> they're old. They are the oldest team in the league by average age. So I think maybe at the trade deadline um, or calling some guys up from their affiliates could go a long way. Um, it could improve the pace of their play, 
the style of goals that they're scoring. Um, yeah, I just think having some young presence alongside the veteran presence that they already have could be really, really beneficial for them. San Jose Sharks need to hashtag tank for Celebrini. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Seattle Kraken should adopt the Winter Classic jerseys full time because they are so sick. And I just think the world deserves to see those way more often than just one game a year. <laughs> those are two kind of silly ones. In 2024, the St. Louis Blues should work on keeping their fans happy because the incident with Jordan Cairo being booed on home ice shows that those fans can get really unhappy really easily. So just working on not saying dumb things in interviews, work on playing well, and just work on, yeah, keeping your fan base happy seems to be really important in St. Louis. Tampa Bay Lightning should keep Nikita Kucherov on fire. He has 59 points on the season already. So if they can just keep him hot, keep getting the puck to him, he's on pace for a ton of points, like over 100 points if he keeps up this pace. I'm trying to think we're not quite halfway through the season yet. And he's already at 59 points. So he could reach 150 that's my that's my prediction. Nikita Kucherov will reach 150 points by the end of this season. We'll see if that works. The Toronto Maple Leafs need to load up on defense. Um, that 9-3 to loss was bad. That was rough. Um, they have the forwards. They have the offense. But their defense is kind of weak. Um, so maybe at the trade deadline, really just working on defensemen. Um, and then they also need to avoid going to OT. I mean, they're really losing out on points by going to overtime as much as they do. And part of that is because of their defense. Work on defending and then you'll avoid going to overtime as much. And then you'll have more points. And more points means playoffs. And playoffs means possible cup run, which we know how that goes with the Leafs. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks should continue in 2024 to maintain the lead in the Pacific. I don't think anybody expected the Vancouver Canucks to have the lead in the Pacific and be second overall in the whole league, but they got to keep that up because they are so impressive this season, and I think they'll continue to be that way. Vegas Golden Knights should just go for the repeat. I mean, why not become the Stanley Cup champions again? However, Vegas Golden Knights, if you keep losing to teams like the Ducks twice, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yay, Ducks. Good job taking down the Stanley Cup champions. But yeah, Vegas, you got to go for it. The Washington Capitals need to get the power play going because it's so rough. There was... A stat earlier in the season, and I don't want to say what it actually was because I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was an insane amount of power plays where we didn't score. Like it was something like 32 power plays without a goal or something like that. I can't remember, but it was awful. It was abysmal. And yeah, we really need to work on taking advantage of 
those opportunities with the extra man on the ice and scoring on those. Like, you gotta, you gotta be better at that, Washington. And finally, for the Winnipeg Jets in 2024, they should have the goal to finally get on the radar and be less underrated. I feel like they're a good team. They have some solid players, but they just never get talked about. They just fly under the radar and... I just, I would like to hear more about them. I think it would be really cool if they could start being maybe a little more exciting, a little more fun. Um, Then maybe that would get them in the news a little bit more, score some of those flashy goals, make big moves, have big wins. I feel like they're kind of just there. (laughs) So I wouldn't mind seeing and hearing more about the Winnipeg Jets. And also, shout out to my girl Lauren Schoss, who was on a handful of weeks ago, the Winnipeg Jets should call up Danny Jilkin more. (laughs) Okay, those are my 2024 goals and resolutions for each team across the league. Like I said, please message me. um, Let me know if I'm right, if I'm wrong, what you think. I would love to hear from you. Let's move on to the Woman of the Week segment. The Woman of the Week this week is Marie-Philippe Poulin who I'm sure you already know, talked about her quite a handful of times. Uh, Marie-Philippe was announced as captain of Montreal's PWHL team in the most spectacular fashion. During a Cirque du Soleil show in Montreal, one of the performing artists appeared on stage wearing a Poulain jersey featuring the captaincy C, and then Aaron Ambrose and Laura Stacy will serve as alternates. In Montreal, Poulin served as captain with Les Canadiennes of the Canadian Women's Hockey League before the league folded in 2019. Poulin has also been captain of the Canadian Women's National Team since 2015, and she has led her team to an Olympic gold medal in 2022 and two world championships in 2021 and 2022. Her nickname is Captain Clutch, because no hockey player of any gender has scored more goals in Olympic gold medal games than she has. I'm so excited to see her play this season, and I think she will lead Montreal so well. And yeah, she's just absolutely phenomenal, so big congrats to her. For hockey history today, we are going to talk about some big records that were set today, January 2nd, saw Gordie Howe breaking yet another record. In 1980, the then 51-year-old forward became the first player in league history to play in five different decades, which sounds fake. But he began playing in 1946, so he played in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, which is just mind-blowing. Like, that man played for so long, and to still be playing at 51 is insane. And another five-decade record was set on this day by the Red Wings head coach, Scotty Bowman. He became the first head coach to lead in five different decades in the year 2000. Um, He is still the NHL's all-time leader in games coached at 2,141, wins at 1,244, and Stanley Cups with nine Stanley Cup championships. Both of those men were just in this sport for so long, and it's 
mind-blowing to me. And I kind of wonder who the next person to do that will be. Who who, who else is going to be in the league for five decades? That's just so crazy to me. And finally, on this day in hockey history, Cole Caulfield was born. Happy birthday, Cole. Hope you have a fantastic day. Let's finish up with the three stars of the week. My third star of the week is Connor McDavid, who recorded the most total points, regular season and playoffs in 2023. He had 52 goals and 94 assists, totaling 146 points in 86 games played. If he can continue his upward trajectory after the beginning of the season slump that he had, he could easily tie or best this in 2024. My second star of the week is Chris Letang, who had quite a week last week. He had nine points, eight of them being assists, and eight of those nine points coming from five-on-five play. He had back-to-back games with three or more points, and set the NHL record for the most points in a period by a defenseman with six assists in one period against the Islanders. Six in one period is just mind-blowing. And I don't know what happened to the Islanders in that game, but that was miserable for them. Um, But yeah, Chris Letang absolutely on fire last week. And my number one star is Marc-Andre Fleury, who reached his 1,000th NHL game on New Year's Eve. Only three goalies have more games than he does, Wah, Luongo, and Brodeur. He has 550 wins across his career and a .912 save percentage overall. He's also just a fantastic guy, known for being wholesome, kind, and a bit of a prankster. Um, Recently, after Brandon Duhame said Flurry was 50 years old, uh, Flowers stole his shirt, forcing Duhame to enter the game wearing nothing but pants and a coat. <laughs> um, and he also started blocking shots at practice with a walking cane after another old joke was made at his expense. So clearly he has a great sense of humor about it all. Mark andre is 39, and big congrats to him for reaching that thousand game milestone. I'll be interested to see how many he can get to. I know that Broder made it to over 1,200 games. So I wonder if Flurry will make it to that mark. Um, But he's definitely on pace to outplay Wah and Luongo. So, so awesome. I love Flower. Who doesn't love Flower, genuinely? I don't think I've ever heard anybody go, ugh, I do not like Marc-Andre Flurry. Everyone loves him. He's so great. And if you don't, you're wrong. I'm sorry. It's just the law. You have to like Marc-Andre Flurry. (laughs) Okay, you guys, that about wraps it up for me this week. I hope you have a fantastic week. I already did my little spiel, but just again, follow me everywhere at WhatTheChellPod and let me know your personal New Year's resolutions and goals and your team's New Year's resolutions and goals. And I will talk at you next week. I love you guys so much. Bye, everyone.